Sooners Business and Balls presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the code HOUSE, 20% off and free shipping around the world. Marcus Ogden is with us this week. He is a longtime friend of the program. Uh, this is a dude that, geez, you and I have known since 2016. But we're breaking down the NFL, doing a lot of other fun stuff. I, I mean, overall, super wild card weekend. You grade it what out of 10? Out of 10, seven and a five, whatever arbitrary scale you want to use. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I think there were some stinkers in there. Like Bucks Cowboys was a stinker. That was the main ones coming to mind because it was so recently. But I mean, overall, I was pretty happy with the product the NFL gave us Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, like it was good products. I mean, I think the one aspect that people brought up that I felt was interesting that Ever since the expanded playoffs, that last seed ain't winning. Like, who was it this year? The the, the number seven seed was the, the Seahawks Dolphins. and the yeah. Dolphins. Like, is it really, like, do we need to expand the playoffs if they're just going to throw a dud of a game? Now, granted, like, the Dolphins almost did play spoiler, um, but the Seahawks, that wasn't even close. That was the worst plus 14 I've ever placed in my life. Oof. We've and we've talked about like, hey, double digit points. Be careful. It's a trap game that that snuck up on me and bit me in the ass because I well, thought I thought Seahawks plus plus fourteen. Oh, Geno Smith's going to earn himself a next contract. Well, the receipts are there for me too. I was talking about the Bills and I said I was looking at alt spreads minus here. four. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were saying minus. We were talking minus twenty. I said minus twenty eight and a half. Yeah. So I mean, and good for good for the dolphins that it's like hey we're still a good team like Tua wasn't there but skylar thompson third string quarterback have yourself have yourself a day you you held your own yeah i I think that's a situation where and i was just talking about this the other day if you're miami what the hell do you do next year is do you just say all right Tua, thank you for your service right you've been great for us but you've got to go focus on your health. And does he ever play a snap of football again? I mean, those are questions that people have to ask. I'm sure if you, you have a gun to my head now, he's playing football next year, or he's going to try to, but you just don't know. And that's what the Dolphins like. Do you also have time to waste if you're the Dolphins? You have probably the best group of offensive talent you've had in Miami in at least 10, 15 years. Do you waste it with a guy that you don't like you're uncertain on? Part of me says no. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say that, you know, it's obviously a business and health comes first for Tua. You don't want the dolphins to kick him on the curb, but if there's a better opportunity or a better offer on the table, you might have to say Tua, we have to move on. You know, if, 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 should. if Lamar Jackson's available, if Tom Brady's available, if, Daniel Jones is a bit like, you know, you, I don't want Daniel Jones to leave, by the way. I'm a big Daniel. Daniel Jones is staying in, in New York, but if Miami comes out and offers him 50 million a year, it's going to be like, oh shit. Yeah. And that's. Cannot I mean, waste. First of all, I think the burn, uh, the bridge is burned with Tom Brady. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, you can't waste a year of Tyreek Jalen um your offensive line unit your running back core you cannot waste the talent you have especially in the afc east right now where it's like 
The Jets are now back on the regression, even though they had a hot start. They're a quarterback away. So it's like, okay, now they're going to be competing. Patriots are the Patriots. They're always going to be in the mix. The Bills are not this like as dominant team as they were in the beginning. You know, the Bills are kind of a concerning right now. If the Dolphins want to take over some capital and market share, this is the offseason you're going to do it. I, I honestly think that Tua should, you know, take a page out of Andrew Luck's book and call it a call it a day because three known concussions in a season, that doesn't include all the bang-ups that happened during practice over the summer in other games, you know. I I don't know. Health comes Here's first. my take. I'm putting it on the record now. And I, I actually really do believe this. My pulse right now is that Aaron Rodgers should be in Miami next year. Not a bad take. Not a bad take. Because that's a fun have, like, Green Bay is, I think they're just so done with him. I think he's they, done with Green Bay. Yeah, he just signed a three-year 150 extension, too. That's the only thing. So, like, but... But that also, it's like $50 million a year for him to stink. I, you can sit, there's some merit to say, like, the small sample size that Skylar Thompson had this year, they're paying, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe two, three percent of that contract for uh, arguably a better output. And Brock Purdy and all these young dudes that have come out of nowhere, is he worth 50 million bucks to do what he did this year? Fuck no, he's not. But so again, buy him out, settle the options. He gets a hundred million guaranteed out of that. Um, I don't think he should be in Green Bay next year. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm leaning towards Aaron Rodgers retiring and calling it. I think he's done with like the the politics of the NFL. But if there's an opportunity for him to play elsewhere, I think Miami's a great position for him. I think so because it's like older. you're not stepping into be... somewhere that you have to play with all these rookies. You're you, you throw to Tyree Kill and you throw to Jalen Waddle and you you hand the ball off to you know the the Dolphins running backs aren't Hall of Fame, but they're all three of them are reliable. You have Gaskin, you have Jeff Wilson who's there for wow. another year. You have um, Raheem Mostert who put together a solid like you know it wasn't groundbreaking, but it was a decent year. I think that's a good place for him. And the line, the offensive line's not that bad there too. I don't think. Is that the, can someone fact check me there? I don't think the Dolphins, Dolphins D, uh, O-line is that bad. I mean, Tua did get hurt, but. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, who knows? That's something that could be fixed. Um, offensive line ranking. Oh, they might be in the bottom. No, they can't be in the bottom, are they? Let's see. Miami Dolphins, where are they? 20? Eh. No, they had Robert Jones hurt. That's what it was. Okay, whatever. Um, Middle of the road. Uh, that's, my, that's my take to start off the show. I think Aaron Rodgers will be wearing number 12 Miami next year. That'd be a cool one. That'd be a and cool it sucks one. for Tua, but, you know, I'm sure he's going to give it one last attempt. But you can, the window's closing. You can't wait. You can't wait around. And Tyreek's gonna get frustrated if he's doesn't have a reliable, you know, everyday quarterback with him. No, we'll have a we're gonna have our quarterback carousel episode after the Super Bowl because this is, I can guarantee, at least five big names in in new places next year. Yeah, it sounds like it. Speaking of guarantees, congrats! You guaranteed the Giants would win. Your guarantee was, you're a prophet of sorts 
money, 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 <laughs> money. And I love how it just, there's so many aspects of this Giants team right now that just feel right. The first being everyone is hammering the Eagles this weekend. Once you do that, you got to put the meme boards up of every analyst picking the Eagles. The Giants are going to repost that and being like, you all were fucking wrong. I mean, you just gave the social media guys their, you gave them their content. They don't need to make anything. The Giants are the key definition of getting hot at the right time. And this team is just hitting strides. You're telling me Minnesota is a very talented team. A very a team that was eleven and zero in one score games, solid defense, a great home record, great talent on both sides of the ball. You're telling me you allowed Daniel Jones to throw for three hundred yards, rush for a hundred yards, get guys the ball, make plays left and right, and secure the dub. After you know a couple of weeks ago they lost by a field goal and it was almost a similar effort. Like Daniel Jones and the Giants are catching stride at the right time, and what makes this feel so right is the, just the Giants' record in the postseason this past century in the 2000s. It's either first round exit or Super Bowl victory or Super Bowl appearance. I honestly think, off with Dable now they could do whatever they could. It, it just it feels a, a, like it, in 2007. In 2007. They were facing the Cowboys. Cowboys were the number one seed. The Cowboys beat the Giants two times, swept them during the regular season. Giants came in as the heavy underdogs. I can't I can't sit here and listen to you talk about 2007 and 2010. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. It just it feels <laughs> right. And everyone, like, you can just tell them the, the, the buzz, this team. They're healthy. They're hungry. I really, I'm not, I don't want to put a guarantee on it. But like I feel very confident in a win. On What's Saturday. the spread? I believe it was seven and a half. I think that's too high. Like a Giants cover intrigues me. I think that it's going to be one that they keep it close. I think yes. it's like this game comes down to do the Giants seven or, or are the Eagles going to make enough mistakes to keep the Giants in it? Listen, if you look at the last week of the season, now again a couple weeks ago when the Eagles were hot as hell, the Eagles. The first half Eagles were the first half New York Yankees. Nobody's beating them. They were hot MVP levels from across the board. Everyone was playing well. They whooped our ass. And the Giants, okay, the Giants were a decent team, but they were a little, you know, a little banged up, a little unsure of things, whatever. You go flat, you know, you go to the last game of the season where we had our backups and we actually had our third string quarterback in and the Eagles needed to win that game to lock up the first seed, it was 22-16 with our backups and third stringers, and we kept it close. Yeah, but here's my thing, dude, too. It's like, yes, it was like the results are indisputable. It is a six-point game that's too close for the if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. What I, I think this is just one of those, I mean, it was 19 to three going into the fourth quarter. So to me, that's like they got fucking complacent. They sort of take, took the, you know, and you can't do that. You so, can't do that. But again, nineteen points on backups. Yeah, that's bad. I'm like that's so that I'm not like I'm not saying the score reflected the style of play. I'm just saying nineteen points against backups. We had Davis Webb, who has never started a game in his career, yeah, 
put up, you know, he, he, he held their own. And we had defensive players that were playing 90% snaps that were averaging 10% of the snaps all season long. Right. And we, I mean, and- the, the, the bottom line here is that the Eagles did not get in the end zone except for the first quarter. It was once they that- had to kick five field goals after that. And if they do that against the giants, again, they will lose. It's that simple. Like that game, that week 18, Jalen Hurts should have had four touchdowns and 300 yards by the half. And then he gets pulled. Yeah, I agree. He actually, yeah, he didn't even throw a touchdown. No. So Boston Scott, who I can't stand. Who will probably score. I know. I know. It's like Miles Sanders too. I just can't trust the Eagles right backs. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think if the Eagles play their game and if they played how they've played all year, they, I think will win by a touchdown, but they cannot give up. They can't, they can't do the stupid crap they did the first time against the Giants. If they do, the Giants are walking out of there with a win. It's that simple. And I think that's what that comes down to. Walking Daniel Jones is playing, not Davis Webb, which is good for the Giants anyway. Um, we'll talk some more football with Marcus Ogden in a second. Marcus is a former uh, NFL lineman, uh, brother of a Hall of Fame guy, Jonathan Ogden. Uh, been with us for a while. Talk about some of this. We talked about Brian Dable, talk about Doug Peterson. Um, we'll get into our part of the show. Beers first. Um, I'll, I'll start things off here. I was in Connecticut this past week and I haven't had beard in a bit. Uh, Dogs and Boats is one of my favorites there. And I know it, we've probably done this before, but um, a very popular one on Untapped has a four rating. Um, I would generally give this like a four, four, two, five. I think Beard has cranked out some really good juicy IPAs. This is a, a big sort of like one that you have to bite into. It's an Imperial. Uh, it's heavy, but, you know, it, it's... It's strong and smooth, as I called it. Um, I'm pulling this up. I had this at Laura's Bar and Grill for the first time in 2018. Long fucking time ago. Um, And I gave it a 3.75, but I'm going to upgrade my rating to a 4 here now that I've had it a couple more times. Um, I mean, Beard's one of those. They're right down the road in Stonington from us, so 45 minutes. They're one of those that they, they do a lot of IPAs really well. You can get them at nearly any liquor store in Rhode Island. It's a no-brainer. You're going to a beer party or something that you need to bring a craft beer to. Beer is actually really good. And they'll be at the Rhode Island Brew Festival next week. Um, that's a wrap on Beard. I, I really like their stuff. Beard's a beard. <clears throat> they always do well. Um, so that's a good one. I am doing one that I had at, uh, what's it called? Malted Barley. And it was a little callback to Portland, Maine. So Lone Pine Brewery Brewing Company did a collab with Holy Donut, um, which is a fire donut cafe shop in Portland. What is it again? It's um, it, what are they? It's something donuts. What, um, again, potato. I asked you that when you huh? Potato. potato. Yeah. Is it potato? Yeah. Is it potato? I think it's. It is a potato donut. You're right. Which are, I mean, honestly, fire. So I've never had the donuts themselves, but the line every time in Portland is around the corner. Most of the places, like on Commercial Street, which is their main location, 
it's not a big place. Like it kind of reminds me of Mike's pastries, honestly, like very small, always a line. It's very small. And Mike's has grown a little bit bigger, but it's, it's like, it's a destination. Absolutely. So they had the uh, Holy Donut Fresh Lemon Glaze Beer, uh, which was listed as a fruited sour. It lures you in with a brilliant golden coloring and sense of sweet candied citrus peel, lemon meringue, and marshmallow. It was a super light, flavorful, you know, just it, it really did taste like you were biting into a lemon glaze donut. Like it wasn't an overpowering, puckering sour because of the lemon. It wasn't heavy because of, you know, the um just like all of the flavors and the citrus and stuff. I thought it was a perfectly balanced, not too acidically beer. I gave it a four out of five. I was very happy and impressed with that. It the color looked nice too. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm forgetting exactly what it looked like, but it was it was just a nice, pleasant beer to look at. Nice, pleasant, golden yellow. Great sour. Easy. Um, Rhode Island Beer Festival is one week. One week. We will not be taking the professional cameras and microphones, but we will make some shenanigans. Yeah, we'll have we'll have some videos. We'll have some interactions and stuff. But yeah, it was it was it it was nice to be able to. It's going to be nice to be able to enjoy this one just as patrons and not do all the stuff because it was again fun doing the content, like the organized interviews and stuff. That was just a lot. That was just a lot to, uh, it was a long day. And you know, as much as, as great as our interview with Matt Gray was, um, we're going to spoil this. We had to re-record that. Yeah. We were trashed and like the audio just, I was nearly like, we looked at each other when we were filming that. We're like, Oh shit. Like, all right, here is Matt Gray. And he wasn't like, Matt was excellent, but he didn't sound so peachy keen either. Like it was a long day and we were trashed. I don't even think he was drinking. He was just setting up the, he set up the event and he, oh, was he, was, like, no, he had a beer with us. Oh, fuck. That's right. He was definitely drinking. Yeah. Never mind. Like he wasn't drinking like us who collected, uh, you know, 70 beers, but I have one ask from you. In this it's to rate my beers. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm getting you a notebook and you're just going to write them down. <laughs> then, then I'm going to be that guy with the notebook at the yeah. Island Festival. <laughs> That's what like there was the first time we did it. I was like, I think I said this to somebody, but I'm like, can you guys like have a printout of every single beer? Actually, you know, you have be, a, that's a no brainer. You have all of the breweries coming. Just write down what beer they have, and then just like can, ask them on Thursday. Be like, hey, send us the three you beers you're serving. What do you got? And you don't even have to print it. Literally, just add it as a PDF to your website. Yeah, I that's agree. it. You know, and if you really want it to get fancy, maybe we'll have to talk to Matt for next year is literally have it linked straight to an untapped folder. That'll be fun. You know, just be like, here is every single beer that's on uh, that's at this festival on untapped that you can just go in and boom, 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 boom. That's actually a brilliant idea because then you just like leave the link on your website and everybody's like, okay, what am I doing here? Inevitably, there will be some that aren't on there because like, you know, someone like a Sam Adams says, oh, we just added seven more, whatever. Right. But you, if you have like 80% of the beers on there, oh, that's so much. Yeah. Like, is there a playlist or something on Untapped? Untapped should make that. Get Greg Avola well, on the line. I think, uh, well, Greg's not there anymore. Yeah, true. Which kind of like right. made Untapped fall a little bit, but it's still the best platform out there. I mean, yeah, there's uh, they have virtually no competition. 
Um, I downloaded um, a spoiler here for the next couple weeks. Let's go. I was gifted two, um, two new selections. One of them is from Rejects. It's a winter rail. Um, and I can't wait to try that. We have not talked with them really at all. Um, and very excited to see Morgan from Buttonwoods. Uh, courtesy of Chris Whale at Aussie Fit, I have This Place is a Tomb, Ooh. a Baltic Porter from Buttonwoods Baltic. that Morgan has just made. So this will be uh, this will be enough to keep me busy for a couple of weeks. We need to we we definitely got to swing by Buttonwoods. Haven't been there in a while. Yeah, and Morgan's uh, Morgan's the goat. So, but we do have some. I mean, we we have reached out to every single brewery that we haven't interviewed, and they're starting to pile in. So we got some we got some a, a lot more conversations to be had in 2023. If you're a Rhode Island brewery. Um, and you are listening to this, check your DMs or emails or whatever you did. <laughs> and yeah. Check them. Check them and hit us up. Uh, we want to talk with you and have some beer. Um, yeah. Off to business now. Um, and Google just laid off a bunch of people. Google, um, Microsoft. Um, who yeah, so I'm going to go on record again. We do have receipts of this from Zade's episode. The big prediction in 2023, I said two things. More people are going to go back to the office. It's going to be mandated. We're starting to see a little bit of that. But I also said there's going to be a lot of layoffs. And here we are. Here we are. Overinflated economy. A lot more money that people were like, yeah, we could just hire whoever. And not the same revenue coming in. And all of a sudden, you know, first of all, How I found out about Google was a false tweet this morning about a guy that said people went into the Google offices, they scanned their badge, and if it was red, you were fired, and if it was green, you weren't. That's just not true. It just happened that – now, the Google CEO did send it like an email late at night to a bunch of people and said like, hey, we're laying you off. Um, Those people had – not checked their email and went to the facility and you know it didn't work so the truth is very much in the middle there like yes i agree he should have fired them in a much more cordial way not like the dude from uh the mortgage company from last year it's like you all you know we've been surveilling you Uh, come on you should have done something else than send the email but like, also, why are we spreading misinformation on Twitter about like, oh, they found out when they got there. Like, it was a little game. It was Squid Game stuff. And that's what I do like about Twitter now is that they have the community notes that people put yeah, on there. Fact-check. It's like fact checking, but it, it's crazy. Was- I thought, I think we were getting to this moment. It was a matter of time before Google started canning people. But it confuses me with Google because it's like, how aren't you making like enough money to like keep these people like you are like Bing is not your competitor you know actually speaking of which I wanted to bring up in the business section as well which I guess crazy enough who you know who has actually becoming Google's competitor do tell TikTok uh I so there was an there was an there was an advertisement and I thought it was a 
brilliant, brilliant advertisement from TikTok. And it was uh, a younger girl and her dad or something. And they were like setting up their house, right? And they were like, how do you add backsplash to your sink? Instead of going on Google, instead of looking up on YouTube, they went to the search bar on TikTok and looked up how to do that. And it was like a bunch of like how to's and stuff. And they just went right on TikTok. It was just like, what book should I read for better help? And it's like, these are my five options for a book. And it had like a million likes. If that becomes the way where it's like, you're just going straight to TikTok to look up what people are saying would be kind of crazy. And that would, you know, take a lot of people out of the, uh, you know, out of leaving Google and going to TikTok. It's a decent point. Um, I just then again, up- any of your fact checking stuff too, you just go on chat GBT and be like, tell me about this. And you get a two page, you know? Chat GPT is brilliant, man. There's some crazy stuff. I I had it do at work a couple weeks ago. I had it do like a macro for uh, an Excel sheet to, you know, you respond a couple of times. They ask for clarification and they spit you the macro out and it works. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's going to chat GPT is going to get rip everyone under the rug one day where it's like $50 a month. Oh, I mean, obviously. Yeah. They're going to. They're going to make something and hey, that's, that is product 101. It's you release something for free, you get everybody hooked and then you start charging money. You piss everybody off in the process, but it's like heated seats in cars that companies are going to try to charge for. Um, yeah. So Google 12,000, Microsoft 10,000, Amazon 18,000 now. Which I said Amazon was going to have a tough year. Yeah, they are. Um, and it's odd. We talked about this with Zade. It's like, you know, it's not that Jassy's a bad CEO. It's just that there's just so much shit going on. Like everything is in total crisis mode and people are panicking. And it's yeah. crazy. I love, I'm reading the email that Sundar uh, Pichai, the Google CEO, sent out to everybody. And the, he closed it as like, you know, I'm sure you all have questions like we'll have our town hall. Please take a care of yourselves. Um, as part of that, if you're just waking up and seeing this, please work from home. It's like, oh, shit, that's that's fucking nice. What a fucking crazy world. What a crazy world that like literally the job market is worse now than like the pandemic. I think so. Well, it's, it's in different ways because it's like, yeah, people are still hiring, but are you just going to go somewhere to get canned in a year? You know? Yeah. And yeah, there's severance. There's, uh, there's it's not enough stuff, though. Like, it's not like yeah. if they're not running unemployment, like they did, you know, during the pandemic where you can like survive a little bit off your feet. Now, like the biggest thing is like shit. So expensive that like, you know, companies aren't going to be able to, you know, afford people. And like the thing too, is like, you're having people work. Like it's a dangerous cycle where it's like you're having people work in the corporate world that like rightfully so deserve a raise and like companies aren't going to be able to give it. But like you're not as a as a employee not going to be able to go to the next step because like who's going to be able to afford it? No, I, I hear you. Google's severance is actually pretty good. 16 weeks salary, two weeks for every additional year at Google. So what's that? It's like, it's like four months. And if you've been there for 
four years, you get an additional two months. So that's six months. It's not terrible. It's not too bad. That's not bad at all. Um, and Google yeah, it's unfortunate. Solid. Mm. But again, though, you're living in like California. Yeah, if you're in Silicon like, Valley, you're yeah, fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, that's like. <laughs> I want to say it's like a month of rent, but it's not. Like so. six six months of Google salary in Providence would be living like kings in the castle. Buy a house up just <laughs> literally. You would just save six months salary, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'll just go buy a house for three hundred grand in South County. Yeah, that's funny. But meanwhile, yeah, you- like you couldn't even get like a cup of coffee in <laughs> it's Silicon Valley. You get you get six months Google severance. You're like. Fuck! I have to like only. <laughs> oh, my London fog is twelve dollars. Yeah, you're you're shit out of luck. I paid six dollars for a coffee today and almost threw up. I can't I, imagine what it's like out there. I have a blog in the pipes right now, um, and I'm 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 skeptical to drop it, but I think it needs to be said. There is a epidemic on tipping right now. Yeah, I I because I, hear I couple weeks ago. Um, I won't name the location, but I had a bottle of water, bottle of water, three bucks or something. The iPad comes around. Minimum was 20%. And I just hit no. I hit no. And the guy looks me up and down and goes, hmm. And I go, you handed me a bottle of fucking water. I worked in the, the service industry. I am not one. Like when I go to sit down at dinner, you're getting, if you're, doing great you're getting 25 30 percent from me i still tip on takeout where it's like hey yeah i still tip on takeout where people like they didn't do anything no you never worked in a restaurant like i'll do that yeah even a couple bucks on takeout, like two or three bucks is fine handing me a bottle of water at an establishment and that does not qualify 20 percent off the rip crazy crazy i'm not getting a a service and handling fee for getting a bottle of water (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i got a, I have a blog a gentleman's guide of of tipping in 2023 because like this, is, this is out of hand it's a disease Just the ipad is, is is crazy and it's like listen i understand that like you're in the service industry and like you're not getting paid you know crazy amounts but like again like i don't want to get i don't want to get robbed and raped getting a cup of coffee where it's like $8 for a cup of coffee and then I got to throw in 30%. Like I saw a meme, it was like the year's 2030. It's like your Brazilian dark roast was $27. (laughs) The minimum tipping option was 50%. Yeah. And it's like, that's true. So we might be getting there. We might be, yeah. And again, like I'm at the point too, where like you have places like Duncan who are charging like, coffee house levels and it's like relax you are watered down like let me get my three dollar cup of iced coffee and call it a day do not charge me five plus for your watered down coffee who's charging you five plus at dunkin and shit all said and done i'm not paying well i I get my coffee black but i shouldn't be getting screwed over for adding a splash of milk i agree i do i do uh i stopped doing cold brew though for that exact reason because they did significantly high cold brew lately and it's and like, yeah, like it's 70 cents but you yeah, know i'm you not like again three like times a week and... i'd rather i'd rather just go to a nicer coffee spot and spend the dollar more for a better product yeah i hear it there's lots of good coffee around here that's for sure yeah but again like but 
you go to these places and it's like, okay, like I, <laughs> that meme of like, Hey, if you, you know, make your coffee at home and have a rich parent, you can be a billionaire. Um, <laughs> like the, the first part is true though, where it's like, Hey, maybe if I didn't make my coffee at home, I'd <laughs> save some money. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, recently procured a French press over the holidays. Fun, man. It's fun. I have not used it yet. I will definitely be using it soon. Um, we have the cold brew maker. We have the cold brew maker at home. The cold, like it's you put yeah. the grinds in it, it slow drips the water. That's good. You can French press coffee with a uh, and make cold brew with the yeah. French press, right? It's intriguing. So now our business uh, endeavors end up with coffee. That's what we're doing here. I want to. I want to roast. That'd be that'd be one day if we can roast our own coffee. Cool. <laughs> I feel like every person in the beer industry is like, yeah, fuck it, I'll screw around and roast coffee. Jeff Goodell, friend of the program, roasting coffee. The guy we had last week, freaking Chuck Garrity. Yeah, Chuck is roasting coffee treehouse um why is that such like a it's such a beer industry thing to just fuck around and roast coffee too why not yeah treehouse coffee's good oh my god so my favorite mug is from treehouse i every time i've been getting those cold brew cans the monochrome those are those got me like i i I have a concentrate shit yeah i have a high tolerance for like caffeine and stuff and like I always hear the people being like, oh, if I don't have a cup of coffee, I get a headache or, oh, coffee gives me the shakes. When I had the Treehouse Monochrome, I felt like I was about to run a marathon. That was some good, that was a good coffee. I, yeah, I might be trying some of the, and they make good, concentrate. They make a good espresso liqueur too. I think I've, uh, yeah, I've had that. It's, it's very good. I mean, what does Treehouse not make that's good? It's very true. Coffee, Food. You know? That's like, it. Everything. Food. They only need food. That'd be cool. Well, the new location in uh, South Deerfield has pizza. Yes. It was about time. About time. Um, that's business. Let's go to Marcus Ogden now. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff. Brian Dable, Doug Peterson. Uh, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones and how they adjusted this year. Give some predictions. Uh, we talk a lot about what Byron Leftwich is going to consider too. Uh, Byron is a good friend of Marcus. They've been they were drafted the same year, 2003. I think that's pretty cool. First round for Byron, six for Marcus. Um, unreal. Byron Leftwich, Jags legend too. A lot of Leftwich jerseys at games, which is nice. All right, let's get into it. Here's Marcus Ogden. Marcus Ogden joining the show. Marcus, it's been so long. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, former NFL player, offensive lineman, and a friend of the program. How you doing, man? How's everything going? And uh, congrats, we made it to the playoffs of football. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Everything's going on well. Yep, the first round of playoffs is gone. You have teams like the Chargers who are out. Vikings are out. You've got uh, the uh, who else is out? Godly. Uh, the Bucks are out. Uh, you know the uh, Seahawks are out. So now you're getting down to the next level and the next layer of really, really good football. You're somebody that you know. You play for four NFL teams. Uh, three of them are in the playoffs now. We'll get to that in a second. Um, or were in the playoffs, I should say. But the Jags they came back against the Chargers the other night. Historic stuff. First of all, did you watch this game? I did. I look at this and it's like, it's 27-0, right? Everybody counts the Jags out. A lot of people are 
are saying, wow, this team is so out of it. They didn't show up. And then all of a sudden they come all the way back. I mean, what'd you notice from, from this Jags team? What I noticed is Trevor Lawrence is a professional. He really tapped into his days at Clemson and he really pulled with out of himself the ability to have a short memory and execute in the second half when it mattered most. And that's what a winner does. A winner will put the past behind them and live and be present in the present. And that's what he did in the second half. And he shined through. The team rallied around him. The defense got their act together and held him to three points in the second half. And now you have a Jaguars team that is believing that they have the ability to beat anybody because when you come back from that type of deficit, you know that you can play and hang with anybody in the AFC. So, you know, this should be interesting to see how it goes. You know, you got the Bills up, the Chiefs left, you know, the Jaguars, you know. So it's going to be a really interesting, you know, phenomenon, I feel, heading into the next round. And as an offensive lineman, you've worked with a lot of quarterbacks, uh, a lot of them young, a lot of veterans. What's the biggest difference, you know, with Trevor Lawrence this year? Uh, obviously, a lot of people were out on him last year. They're like, man, he sucks. Um, but now he proved a lot of people wrong this year. So what what were the biggest things that you noticed from him? Again, man, just a resilient mindset and the really ability to never, ever allow others to dictate how you're going to end up doing what you're doing, Right. And a lot of times, quarterbacks especially, if they allow the media, the fan base to get to them when they're young and they're not a seasoned veteran at that time, it can play a lot of issues on your psyche. So I tell everybody, focus on what you can control. And that's what Trevor Lawrence is doing. And that's why the Jaguars are now in the second round of the NFL playoffs in uh, 2023. And, you know, for a guy like Doug Peterson, too, he's led his teams to some pretty impressive success over the years, right? He won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. He comes in and basically cleans house in Philadelphia. The value of a great coach, uh, in your opinion, you know, like what, what do you think Doug did in that locker room that just made them, you know, sort of unlock their best potential? Well, like what he did uh, in Jacksonville, like what Brian Dabble is doing with the New York Giants. He's allowing the players to actually be treated as human beings and not just athletes. And the players are responding well to that. They are responding well to that emotional and and empathetic and compassionate connection. And when you have that and guys know if they do their job correctly, they're going to be treated like men. That's going to be a huge, again, positive affirmation in their mindset to keep pushing forward. So that's exactly why, you know, Peterson and Brian Dabble, you know, and those other coaches that are continuing to move on the playoffs, right? They are the ones that are winning games because their team and their, their players believe in them wholeheartedly. You took the words right out of my mouth with the uh, Brian Dable and the Giants. I mean, that's my team. We potential contenders this year. You know, it's every every time the Giants have been in the playoffs this uh, this century, it's either first round bust or uh, to the Super Bowl. So while you never played with him, uh, you were in the league around the same time uh, while he was with the Pats and the Jets. You know, how impactful do you think he is to this Giants season on top of just, you know, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, and the play of the players as well. Well, what's happening is, is that when you have a coach that players truly 
buy into what that coach is saying and that coach is, you know, selling per se, that's when guys are going to start making moves. That's why I was never a fan of Judge getting hired to the Giants because I felt Judge was going to kind of implement, excuse me, yeah, was going to implement and mimic the style of Bill Belichick from the Patriots. And unfortunately, Bill's a phenomenal coach, Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But the way in which you coach, like he did, I feel it's the day of old of the Bill Belichick, the Tom Coughlin, you know, those type of guys. That's not what's going to really be what I feel prevalent and really relatable in today's, you know, atmosphere with players. So unfortunately for the Giants under Joe Judge, I feel they were running a lot of Bill Belichick style. And as you see with the Patriots, that's no longer working because, you know, he doesn't have the goat at the helm. Mac Jones uh, is not uh, Tom Brady. It never will be. So until Bill starts to adapt and pivot to with the times, I feel the Patriots will always be now the bottom of the AFC East. And off that too, Marcus, like, you know, obviously I don't think anybody's going to have any clarity, like on what exactly is going on behind closed doors in New England. Uh, you know, like what the conversation was with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to sort of put them in these prominent offensive roles. But a lot of people seem to think like, you know, hey, this was the reason for their uh, their lack of success this year. You know, they put a defensive guy at offense. Um, I mean, in your perspective, is that does that kill an offense when you take a, a defensive minded head coach, throw him in with a young quarterback? And, 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 you know, is that sort of why you think things might have stalled out in New England this year? Yeah, well, that was part of it. But New England doesn't have the talent that they used to have. Right. They don't have, you know, the goat. They don't have you know, a super strong secondary anymore, like Asante Samuel, you know, another one McCoy brother said the other one's retired. You know, they don't have, you know, the, the, the phenomenal pass rush that they used to have. You know, they're just not the same team. They're not. And again, I, I can't even name a big time wide receiver in their football team. They don't have Gronkowski anymore. So is coaching part of it? Yes, absolutely. But is lack of talent at key positions part of it? You better believe it. It's, and that's why now the Bills with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and, you know, a good offensive line, you know, with Deion Dawkins and Morse and, you know, Saffold and those guys. And then on the D-line, you've got Ed Oliver and you've got Tremaine Evans at middle linebacker. And then you've got, you know, a Poyer and Micah Hyde and, and Tredavious White at the secondary. This is why the Bills are now at the top of the heat because they have better talent and better coaching than the Patriots, and it's showing in the win column. So were there any teams this season that stuck out to you as a surprise in the negative? So they should have been in this playoff conversation that we're having. That they, wait, wait, you're saying that they should be in the playoff conversation or shouldn't? No, they should have. Like you were like, oh, this team, yeah, this yeah, team is going to be yeah. in the playoffs, Den and yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought Denver would at least get in. I didn't think they were going to, you know, beat the Chiefs, but I thought they were going to at least get in. You know, when they had Russell Wilson and had some other key players coming in, but unfortunately for them and Nathaniel Hackett, it didn't work out that way. So I was very surprised at how poorly the Broncos played this year, and also the Cardinals were a huge letdown and they've now fired Cliff Kingsbury. And it's sad because you give an extension and you fire him, now you're stuck paying them. But at the end of the day, 
I'm very surprised at how much the Cardinals did not get done, especially as they had a, they went to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, last year. And, you know, they had a, a decent showing. So I think the Cardinals and for sure the Broncos were really big letdowns in the NFL this year. And those are two teams with quarterbacks that coming into this year, everybody's like, all right, nice. You know, maybe Kyler a little bit less so because just of the whole contract dilemma this offseason. But, you know, a guy like Russ Wilson comes in, you know, making $250 million, you you better hope he gets some results. Um, and that lends the question of just a quarterback scene this year too, Marcus. I think, you know, we're seeing a time in the NFL where, uh, with the exception of maybe five or 10 jobs, it's almost like nobody's safe, right? Everybody's sort of moving around there. A lot of quarterbacks are looking for new homes. What's to make of that whole thing? Like, was there ever a time in your career that you, you sort of felt the same way? Like, wow, everybody's job's up for grabs. Like, how is this going to shake out? Oh yeah, man. I mean, that happened with me in Buffalo when they fired Malarkey. Uh, I remember in, in my time, I wasn't there. I was still playing. Jack Del Rio got fired from the Jaguars. Uh, you know, I remember when Brian Billick, you know, stepped down from Baltimore. So absolutely. I mean, it's, it, again, it's what have you done for me lately? And, you know, the owners want to win. So if you're not winning, if you're not showing progress towards winning, it's a business and they will do what is necessary. They will say, you know what? You're not performing. Mm. You're not stepping up. Time to move on. That's what they did with Nathaniel Hackett. They got rid of Lovey Smith uh, down in Houston. You know, they got rid of Bowles uh, in Tampa. You know, I mean, they're moving coaches. They fired Byron Leftwich, you know, who was, I mean, I mean, Byron, what, went to the Super Bowl, uh, was it last year or the year before? I mean, they, you know, they, you know, Tampa has been a good playoff team for years. And what happens? Bam, they go in, lose to the Cowboys, and they don't score a lot. Oh, it must be Byron's fault. Now they fire him. So it's really sad. And it's really, and this is exactly why I don't want to coach football. Because, you know, your, your job is never safe. It's a lot of moving around. It's a lot of, you know, now, of course, you make it to the big leagues. It's great money. You make it to big-time college football. It's great money. But if you're in smaller college football, 1AA or below, you don't make the type of money, I feel, to live a lifestyle where you have to always be on edge. Am I going to have a safe job? Am I going to have a secure job? I won, you know, eight games this year, lost four. Am I safe? I mean, I mean, I mean I, I'm... I know Byron personally. I am probably going to bet he was shocked when he got fired. I mean, I know I was. I'm like, what? I mean, here was a guy that should have been the Jaguars head coach last year. Now, of course, I'm not going to complain. The Jaguars are doing their thing, and Peterson obviously is doing well. But he went from being the next head coach in the National Football League, right? African-American coach, now fired looking for a job. You know, what is that like? What does that tell you? There's no security in any of this in the National Football League. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago where it's like, you know, when Nathaniel Hackett got fired, obviously you had, you mentioned it, high hopes, heavy expectations, but we're at the point now where you're not, you're not allowed that one free year anymore. You know, you can't have the year to figure it out. And then year two, we expect results. You're supposed to, if you're a new coach, you're supposed to be winning, you know, 90% of the games halfway through the season or you're out. I mean, can people tell me why they hired Lovey Smith and then expected him to turn things around with David Mills at the helm with no great receiver, with no great defensive players that super stand out, with no type of real 
fan base, right? That helped support him and all these things. And did you expect a miraculous year from the Texans? No. So the fact they fired him to me, I'm not going to call it a token hire, but I'm going to call it a hire just to look good. And unfortunately, I knew that Lovey, unless he like won like eight or nine games, which I knew that was going to be hard with David Moses, your quarterback, was going to get fired. And so it's sad because, again, like I said, man, you know, here you have an African-American coach one year, boom, gone. You have Byron Leftwich, who is supposed to be the head coach last year, didn't make it. Now in Tampa, came back, boom, gone. So, you know, and you have other guys like that, Hackett, all these other things. But these African-American coaches, right, I mean, I can just only speak to what I've been watching. They're now going to have to take – now I'm hoping that Byron will get, a, will, get a, will get a lateral position to another O.C., somewhere maybe like baltimore because they fired greg roll he stepped down greg roman so hopefully he'll get a nice lateral move lovey smith i don't know man i mean if i'm lovey do i just call it quits man like do you want to keep going back through the coaching carousel and starting over as a coordinator again and now of course if he doesn't have any type of thing in his life that brings him passion he'll probably do it but for me man if i'm him i'm gonna take that money and do like clip kings ready to get a one-way ticket to thailand and say you know what i'll see y'all when i see y'all and I'll come back when I'm ready. Cause like, I mean, you're going to get paid anyway. I mean, your contract as a coach is always going to get paid out. So, you know, if you're not really loving it, then take some time to figure it out. But yeah, that whole of like one year to figure it out. No, that's gone. That's, that's long gone. So, you know, obviously you've, you've been close with Byron Leftwich forever. You guys were drafted the same year. He was taken first, uh, first round. You were taking six, right? You sort of know what he might be. Like, you know, it, you mentioned, right, you hope for him, he gets a lateral position. Do you think, you know, that's a guy that down the road, you know, if he's looking for a head coach spot, do folks look at this time in Tampa and say, oh, that's a blemish, right? That's something that like, you know, maybe we should consider, or is that something that'll, that, that might actually be like, oh, he was figuring it out just in hindsight a few years later. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think Byron will be okay. I, I would love to see him get the job in Baltimore. He's a D.C. guy. Uh, went to H.C. Uh, Wilson High School, went to Marshall College. Would love him to have him back in the DMV uh, and coaching with the Ravens. I think he could do wonders for Lamar Jackson, which I'm hoping he'll stay and, and get a contract. So, yeah, I think he'll be fine. But, you know, Luckily for Leftwich, you know, he played the game for so long. He has a lot of contacts with great coaches around the league, and he has a really good track record. I mean, like the Bucs were a high-performing offense and a high-performing team. Now, of course, he did have the GOAT, but still, they were high-performing. So I feel he'll get a good opportunity, you know, in that regard. So, but again, we don't know. So it just has to, we just have to kind of wait till the playoffs kind of, you know, take, for, uh, take over and, you know, go, for, and go, and go in that regard. And I want to talk about the Texans too, because Lovey Smith, you know, he's sort of just taken a flyer. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll go coach again. He was on the staff anyway, uh, you know, or in that, in that scene anyway, I should say, um, you know, the Texans are talking to guys like Sean Payton. Now they just interviewed him. They're going to look around a little bit more. I mean, if you're an, if you're a, either a first time head coach or even a veteran like Sean Payton, I mean, like in your eyes, what, even needs to happen to take that job because if i'm sean oh, Payton, I'm, I'm saying i'm, I'm not, sorry i'm not taking that job you know unless you're guaranteed like a three-year where you they can't fire you type of term i'm not taking the job because it's not worth it and sean payton is working with the saints in like a higher up role 
And, you know, the Saints aren't any aren't much better. So if I'm him, though, I don't want the job. Like, he's a proven veteran coach. He's won a Super Bowl. He's got a good pedigree. So I don't know if he'll take it, you know. And so for, I, they'll probably have to find another. It'd be great for them to try to do like Miami did, find another young coordinator and come on up in, in that regard. So I'm looking to see. I think a young up and coming head, uh, you know, uh, OC or whomever is going to get that job because I don't think a veteran head coach is going to touch that with a stick. I mean, I, I, if I'm Sean Payton, I'm not taking the Texan job. Well, I was going to say, you know, if you are Sean Payton too, like what would it take? Like, it, would it take the Texans brass to sort of say, hey, we'll fire everybody, like Nick Casario, gone, um, everybody else gone you know the players you can release them if you want would it be something as drastic as that or if you're sean payton would you still not even touch that at that point i mean what why what i wouldn't touch what what good is it to get rid of everybody if you can't replace it you can't replace with better talent i mean like there's not enough talent out there to replace you know all the bad apples you know in that regard there's just the texas just don't have a lot of grade a talent and as a result of that you know they are going to have to be in a total rebuilding mode. And again, if you get rid of a bunch of players, that's awesome. But who are you going to replace them with? So for me, if I'm Sean Payton, again, like I said, I'm just not touching that job. Wait, so correct me if I'm wrong, though. So like Sean Payton obviously needs to interview for these positions and then also decide like and accept yes or no. But the team also has to dish up a pick. Uh, it depends on uh well yeah which yeah for the saints yeah because I, th- I think that's correct yes i think that's correct so like do the texans can the texans even afford a first round pick for a coach right now oh i don't know i know I, I mean no you they need to draft talent i mean you know and that's nothing too man you know they gotta start drafting better like i can't even tell you who the texans like last you know you know first round picks i mean they drafted that tackle from a black college you know and when i'm hbcu all the way and I, and I love that but you know he didn't pan out at left tackle and i think got moved to like right guard and stuff like that which is fine you know he's he's not a bad player but you know was he first round worthy yeah, i don't know if that's really how it's been panning out so i would love to see them get like better you know uh, personnel to draft better and evaluate talent better and get some real good young that's it that's how buffalo did it buffalo drafted you know, Tredavious White. They drafted Josh Allen. They drafted Deion Dawkins, Tremaine Edmonds, Ed Oliver. They drafted well and farm-raised them, and then they paid all those guys when their rookie contracts were up, and they locked them in. That's how you should build a franchise. So whomever is drafting players in Buffalo, other teams should take notice of that because that's how you build a team. Um, we'll go into, we'll let you go here. Uh, but before, before you head out, you played for four NFL teams, three of them made the playoffs this year. Is that like a situation where you just have to kind of choose one and, and let it ride for fandom? Or are you pulling for all four? Like what's no, the- no, I'm, I'm pulling for all of them, but you know, Buffalo is the one I've always pulled for the, uh, the Baltimore and Buffalo and so, but I'm pulling for all of them, man. I want them to all do well. I'm excited for Jacksonville. Uh, you know, this is big news. This is big for them. I think Buffalo is going to end up going to the AFC Championship. I'm just hoping they can get by Kansas City, and then I, you know, and then uh, you know, and that's you know, uh, Baltimore. You know, they did their thing. Unfortunately, lost to the Bengals, but you know, that's where I'm at. So I'm all about you know supporting all the teams, but I think Buffalo has the best chance to actually make an impact and uh, and go all the way. Do you think hey, Josh Allen is better than Mahomes? That's the question. 
No. I mean, Josh Allen's great. Is he better than Mahomes? No. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I, yeah, there, there's, there, no, there's no way. I mean, I mean, you can't, I mean, from wins to touchdowns to, you know, to winning games and all that. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, this, I mean, Josh, I mean, Mahomes has beat Josh Allen every time in the AFC championship. So how can he be better? Fair point. Uh, I'm rooting for the Bills Jags AFC championship. So that'll, that'll be, be awesome, that'll man. be the split Ogden Jersey right there. We'll hang that, it up that, in the rafters. That'll be, that'll that, be awesome, man. I, I would love to see that. We appreciate it. Anything to plug too, before we let you go, you're working on anything, uh, any new podcast? Yeah, man. Our, our podcast, our podcast is called get authentic with Marcus Ogden. And uh, it's in the top one and a half percent worldwide. It's on every major platform, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google, Pandora, Stitcher, Check us out, YouTube. Again, get authentic with Marcus Ogden. Subscribe, check us out, support us. We really appreciate it. All right. Well, Marcus, we appreciate the time. Good luck with everything, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you later, fellas. And that was just Marcus Ogden, recurring guest. Uh, We've known him for a few years back in our Brian days, so we always appreciate him coming on the show and uh, check out his podcast. He's got a lot of great guests coming on. And a lot of cool stuff in the works. Uh, and it's a perfect segue into the divisional rounds. We are down to eight teams. We already went on my Giants rant. Um, is anyone stopping the 49ers? I don't think Dallas is. Um, no, Dallas will not stop the 49ers. I think the Jags could surprise the Chiefs and cover. It's a spread like 14. Yeah. Is it really? Uh, 12. I'm gonna guess 14 and a half. Guess that line. You are no, it's nine. Wow, that's it. Which again, are they playing? Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday, and the Chiefs are like (laughs) six and 11 against the spread. So, I still think the Chiefs are gonna. I'm going to pull my Bills Dolphins prediction. I think the Chiefs are going to run away with it. Like, if there is an alt line, maybe I'll look into it again. Yeah. It's crazy. And then you obviously have uh, the one the one game, I mean, the Bills, Bills Bengals, with uh, obviously they never got to finish their matchup with DeMar. Like, does that, is that something that's mentally going to be a handicap? I don't know because it's like, you know, it's, I feel like that whole situation is just a blur like that. that really... it just Yeah. Their defense looks odd to me. It's, it's just not the same as what it was. And maybe, Hey, it's a, it's, get the facts straight. DeMar Hamlin was an impact player on defense. Um, Does that screw up your mojo when you have a, a good player go down? Yeah. Like the a... circumstances, obviously like, and Hey, glad he's okay. Glad he's, you know, on his feet again. Are people going to be tender to hit? I don't know. I don't know. Something tells me no. Probably not, right? Because it's like, it's still like, it's the playoffs and stuff. I just feel that in my mind, I think right now the Bengals are playing better football than the Bills. But like, how do the Bills lose this game? I kind of like the Bengals, man. It's at home. DeMar is going to be in the building. I the emotional factor is is there and it's I'm not going to dispute with anything what you just said because 
if that were a guy on your team, you'd be like, yeah, we're going to go kick the shit out of these guys because we need to win a Super Bowl for this dude. But here's the thing. You made a great point on the Bengals. They're playing better football right now. They looked great, all things considered, against a good Baltimore defense. I mean, that that Baltimore defense is fantastic. Yeah, they, the offense made a few mistakes. But to put up 24 points against a, a real stingy, like, gritty group like Baltimore, um, there's something to that. I'm at the point where, I mean, listen, I have futures on Buffalo winning the Super Bowl. I had, you know, shout out to Hanold. I said Buffalo was going to be in the Super Bowl. You know, this was their this was their year. I'm at the point where if Buffalo wins this game, I think I give the advantage to the Chiefs. Yeah. If, oh, if sure. the Bengals win this game, I think they're winning the Super Bowl. I think you're probably right. And here's the deal. Like the Bengals defense has been good. They've I'm looking this up now. They've created um they've done a good job of creating turnovers. 11 turnovers in the postseason dating back to last year. It's five games. They just, uh, Sam Hubbard just did that thing where he knocked the ball out of Huntley's hand and ran it back. Um, And Josh Allen's been turning the football over lately. He turned it over three times against Miami. So like, this just seems like a perfect storm of shit. Like Josh Allen's not, I don't want to say he's not playing well. He's playing fine. He's just like, He's airing it out a bunch, and with that comes the risk of turnovers. He's proven that that's a factor. So Cincinnati comes out, and they they have all cylinders firing for, like, defensively. I think Buffalo could be in trouble. Yeah. Right now, my pick's Cincinnati. Hot take here, but... Plus five and a half. I might sprinkle some on the money line. Yeah, I think the value is there. It is the value is definitely definitely there. This is a game that, I mean, I put my, I put my picks on like what's like what I feel is guaranteed. What did I say? I said, Giants plus seven and a half, Chiefs money line, Forty Niners minus three and a half, and Bills and Bengals over forty eight. I will give you some spread betting tips, too, on this one. Past eight games, Bengals are 7-1 ATS. uh, And they are 4-0 against the spread in the past four games on the road. Small sample size, but but it's just food for thought. Bills are 3-7-1 against the spread. Who do the the Chiefs, who do the uh, Bengals play in that? If we're talking um, on the road, it would be New England, um, Baltimore. Oh no, they were at home. Sorry. So it would be New England, um, Tampa, the Titans. Titans, and the Steelers. Titans was a tricky one. They only won by four. And then you said the Bills were. Bills were three seven and one. Now the Bills is definitely concerning because they played teams like the Bears, Dolphins, Jets, Pats, Browns, Lions. But again, though, like the Bills, it's tough for them because like Vegas sets their lines at like ten plus every game. 
yeah, they're high. I, I get that. But right. they also, here's my take, they should be covering that. But Josh Allen's been turning the football over, like I said. I, I saw this was a, uh, this was another, again, people, what I hate about this, the, what's going on with like Giants football right now is you have all these people out of the woodwork being like, oh, Daniel Jones is the guy, blah, 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 blah. He's been the guy. He just needed the right system. He needed the right system. He needed the right play calling. Mike Kafka is a phenomenal uh, offensive coordinator. Obviously, he worked with the Chiefs. Brian Dable, incredible stuff as an offensive coordinator with Buffalo. He's now with the Giants. But this is the Brian Dable effect. Josh Allen was known as a turnover-prone quarterback as a rookie. Dable then coached it out of him, resulting in an MVP-like season in 2021. Daniel Jones had the NFL leading 65 interceptions and fumbles prior to 2022. Wow. Now, Allen led the NFL in turnovers. Jones only has five interceptions. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I get it. I I like Mike Kafka. There was a, he backed up Mike Vick back in the day. I know he's a, again, like it's a good, it's a good thing when people are looking at your coaching staff to pluck from. But, like, I would be very upset if Kafka and Wink Martindale both got swooped. I agree. I don't think they will, but you never know. So, predictions here. I go Bengals play the Chiefs. And I think we're going to see Eagles 49ers. That's my pick. Sorry. I will go... Bills, Chiefs, Giants, 49ers. Bills, Chiefs, Giants, 49ers. And then I'm going to say a New York Super Bowl. Wow. Because, like, my thing is, my thing is, and I'm not trying to be a, an asshole Giants fan, team in the playoffs, if the Giants beat the Eagles, they're going to the Super Bowl. They're not losing in the NFC Championship. You know, even if they play San Francisco, who's a fucking wagon, you beat you beat Philly. You're in the Super Bowl because that's somebody that like I look at the 49ers and I say like I don't really care who's coming out of this. It's going to be a problem for either one of them. Like I think the 49ers will be. I think they're going to beat the Eagles if they come out of it. I'm at just this in the- present moment. I think there's just too much shit going right for San Francisco. But so much shit's going right for New York. There, there is a lot of shit going right for New York. You know? There's a lot of shit going right. I just feel like if you get this, like the 49ers are supposed to be in this mix, even with Brock Curdy at the helm. They have, they are a talented squad. You can have a rock handing off the football and yeah, you McCaffrey. have, <laughs> you literally have talent across the board. McCaffrey's so good. McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, their offensive line. Fucking. And they're doing this without Debo too. Yeah. Is he out for the year? I thought he was. Is he back? I don't know. No, no. I mean, like, is he, he, there's no chance he can play. I honestly don't even really know. Like what happened last? No, Debo's in. Whoops. He's back, right? I don't know why I thought that. I don't know. Debo had a touchdown. He rushed for 32 yards yeah. too. I mean, like that's a talented squad and their defense is fantastic too. So like they're, they're in this mix, but we shall see. We shall see some Saturday football and, uh, We'll go from there. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Buckle up. Buckle up. That's all I can say. 
That's our show. Uh, fun business guest next week. So long, everybody. Take it easy. Thank you.